0: The new concept of relationship would have to include the realm of I'm, I'm not actually you you are monogamous, but then you're not willing to get on board with this
1: larger, strange life altering commitment thing. You're basically saying that you're not on board with that definition. You're not going to like jump into that defined container because that's you don't want to do that specific thing.
0: Coming all the way from Minneapolis to Washington, D.C., we now bring you, Enter the Freud. This is for entertainment purposes only. It is no way medical advice.
1: So I was at this party, Some this um, friend of mine had a, had her birthday party this weekend, and, you know, so it was, there was maybe 15 people there, and I was meeting a bunch of new people, and everyone was like okay so this person and this and I'm like okay and it's kind of like two people come in together and so I'm like trying to figure out if they're in a relationship or not and it was just so comical because everyone that came in and you know I'm trying to be polite or subtle about it but when you meet new people you kind of want to know if they're together or not but in this day and age you can't assume or but I'm still trying to figure out and it's like everyone there was in some sort of weird, ambiguous relationship situation <laughs> and, you know, didn't want to talk about it or like uh, were, we're joking about it or or, or or clearly one person was mad about it or just and I just was like, oh, wow, we're in a new cultural historical era where the, the norms of relationships aren't what they used to be. It used to be either people were together or people weren't together. Yeah. And nowadays, there's this whole new gray area that has emerged as the norm. The gray area in in like a big city in America, for twenty somethings, thirty somethings, and forty somethings, maybe even fifty somethings, but for sure twenty to in through the forties, the norm is a gray area relationship. What did you call that? What it's the term well and that's the other funny thing is all the terms that are out there because everyone uses different terms because no one knows what the hell is going on in any relationship and so there's always some new term that people are trying to come up with and the new term that you hear which is just kind of funny is a situationship oh yeah that's oh yeah yeah that's this new term you hear people say they'll be like oh are you guys in a relationship and the person will be like well, I wouldn't say a relationship. We're more in a situationship, which is it's just kind of a fun. That term speaks to this cultural, historical relationship phenomenon that we're in, yeah. um, and it's just. In, I think it's. I think it's telling. It says something about what's going on in relationships in America in in the twenty first century.
0: Dude, I have a horrendous theory as to why we've arrived at this ambiguous gray area, state of situationship or whatever we're gonna call it. But I, 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 will, I refuse to indoctrinate you into this, into this philosophy until I've heard more about like, what did you learn from these, these people at the party? Like, are there certain types of situations that, that seem more reasonable? Or like, do you think there's a difference between whether
1: how you meet and then? Yeah, it's a good. Well, my, well, my theory is that it's like our old norms for relationships, be, people have cast them off. So we're in a new phase where no one knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And so everyone's in a different situation. Most people are pretty lost Most people are pretty... They don't even know what their needs are or what they're doing. So they're just sort of being guided blindly by all these unconscious needs of intimacy, sex, attachment, self-esteem, recreation. There's just all these different needs and they're blindly be tugging them in all these different directions. And most people just don't know what the fuck they're doing. And so everyone's lost. And so if I, if let's say I did a funny experiment at this party and I like took each person and I sat them down and I really interviewed them for me to assess where they were at i think i would get like many many different stories and each person would be in a different place um and therefore that's what i think is going on it used to just be like let's say back in the 40s there just was one cookie cutter that everyone had to fit in you know basically everyone just got married and uh until death do us part and on rare occasion, someone would deviate from that. But really, back in the '40s, I don't think you weren't allowed to deviate from it.
0: Okay. Well, so if your theory is basically that we're departing from the from the old norms, and then the the present state into our future is that there's multiple avenues of of stylistic approaches to to how you're going to pair bond. Well, what? What are we departing from? In that 40s situation, there's, as you say, you get married, but what's the whole implied thing that everyone's departing from? There's a whole, there's a host of weirdness that's assumed that comes with like ownership and jealousy and stifling. It's like a developmental lag that happens. Like you sign on to these fucked up, unspoken, um, agreement and then the next thing you know the other person is fat and the other person has no job and it's like (laughs) seriously and and, you know when if you think like oh you're gonna be in a committed relationship which i suppose that's really what differentiates you from being in a relationship to a situationship is the assumed commitment but then it's like committing to what 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 did we used to commit to that now seems insane
1: well what it used to be i mean there's two layers to this question the simple answer is what we used to commit to was you meet someone in your 20s and you get married and you spend the rest of your life with them period end of story yeah. and that was the only really acceptable way to do it and honestly you don't really have sex before you get married so the, the reason people get married in their 20s is they're just like dying of sexual desire and horniness and and it's just like they're ready to explode and then they meet this young attractive they're, they're, they're both like 22 just like pumping the hormones or just oozing out of them and they're dying to have sex. So it's like, all right, let's get married to have sex. And then when they do, the society says, all right, you're married now. You have to stay together for the rest of your lives. So that those used to be the rules. And I don't want to criticize those rules because I actually think there's some pretty good reasons for that. It was that the, the rules were set up around familial and cultural stability and the raising of healthy kids within this family unit. And it made sense and it sort of worked. Um, but that's used to be what it was. And then through the 60s, because of a cultural revolution and that also birth control uh, was invented, it's like those rules have just completely been trashed and everyone these days completely disregards those rules.
0: Oh wow wow wow. Yeah, man. Well, okay, so so if those are the the known rules, what are the unknown rules that we are actively shedding leading us into um I kind of see it as like there's this this It's like a deal that you make with the other person that says, okay, we are going to be together. And part of what we're going to do together means that we're going to divorce ourselves from all other expressions of sexuality, right? So, Mm -hmm. and so in some cases, that means you can't even flirt with the opposite sex that's seen as, oh, it's a form of cheating. Maybe you can't even look at naked pictures of other women because that might be cheating and yep. there's, it's almost like an agreed upon container that your sexuality has to fit in, right? So, yep. so, but let's not overly focus on sexuality because the contract that historically we would get in is is way more problematic than just the not that sexuality alone isn't a real um, conundrum, but then with that, there's some other statements that, and with that, you will just kind of agree to work at a stable thing so that we can establish a lifestyle together. And then within that lifestyle, there's also kind of an agreement that we will look at the world through this lens. It's either conservative or we have this kind of like more liberal thing, which then it's like, what the fuck happens when the, the people start to shift and one of them's no longer liberal, they're getting more conservative. And then it's like, oh, look at what's happening to them. Everyone likes to point, like, oh, look at that. Like, you know, they used to have, so they used to be on the same page, and now, mm, can you think of what else the contract
1: is? Well, I my, my I just suddenly had this desire, just because I think that this could be the funnest or most interesting way to take this conversation is rather than talk theoretically like we're doing now and we usually do, we could use examples, and we could use either of us, uh, or maybe we should both do it, is we could just both pick a time when we were in a relationship, and you could use your current relationship, but if you do, let's just not tell, let's pretend we're not for, for purposes of safety. <laughs> and 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 just like, just so just pick, I'll maybe let's just do it. I'll interview you about this. You pick a relationship, and pretend you're in that relationship right now, and I'll try to like examine where you're at and what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. All
0: right, all right. I I was so when when I first before I moved to San Francisco, I lived in L.A. and I dated this this really tall blonde lady. Her name was Brenda. Brenda, I remember. Right. Her, her name was Brenda, yeah. and so she came and visited me in grad school that first year. But when when we first met, it was in L.A. and we were in this like, super party scene where we would go out to clubs with a bunch of celebrities and the only reason why they let me in because I was with her and these other women, right? And so I would kind of get funneled in with them. But the, uh, like, the arrangement, I don't think we ever talked about. Ever. And it was just, it became really apparent to me one day when she got super wasted and ended up like, like something happened where she inhaled something into her lungs and then ended up in the hospital with pneumonia. And mm. I just remember one of her girlfriends texted me and was like, oh, she's in the hospital. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's horrible. And they were like, aren't you going to go see her? And I was like, why the fuck would I do that? Like that seems really personal. <laughs> like it's it seemed so bizarre that I, it was like way outside of our our arrangement.
1: What? Yes. Way outside of your situation.
0: <laughs> way outside of the situation ship. And and strangely because of the social pressure, I went to see her in the
1: hospital and it was so mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Right? Right, so, so if, I tr- if I try to analyze that, it's like the reason it was weird is because y- y- you being informed that she's in the hospital and you rushing to the hospital to be supportive of her, that's a certain type of relationship. That's like, su- that's like a supportive, an emotionally supportive relation part of a relationship. And that's not what you guys were doing. That wasn't part of your situation. Absolutely not.
0: We had an arrangement that was kind of like after the club, booty call, text, And you show up and she's at the door naked with a sandwich. Like, that was the deal. I'm serious. Wait a minute. Why with a sandwich? I don't know. That was something. It was like a strange (laughs) little game. But I don't even know who introduced that shit. It's one of those unspoken parts of the deal. The sandwich The sandwich. There was a fucking sandwich involved. And I, I know that's crazy,
1: but it's a true story. Okay, but come on, let's try to psychoanalyze the sandwich. What do you think, why do you think there was a sandwich involved? In you this?
0: know when you're out at the club and you, you're drinking and then afterwards you kind of get the munchies? I think oh. I think it was part of the enticing deal. She's like, you can come over here, we'll have sex, and you can have a sandwich. Hey, <laughs> 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 nobody said these, these, these situationships had to
1: make a lot of sense. I think this sandwich thing is the perfect example and confirmation of what I was saying earlier, which is every situation ship and every relationship these days has a weirdly different set of needs that it's met, you know?
0: <laughs> Highly specific to the developmental and, and environmental cues, right? The yes. fact that we used to meet predominantly after we were all out as a group in the club, we'd all meet. And then afterwards, we kind of knew, wink, wink, nod, nod, like, we're going to hook up after this.
1: And th- then... Le- right. And there was this extra little cherry on top. You're going to hook up, and she's going to have a nice sandwich for you. Super... Yeah. Like, yeah. it's funny. I never even... And then you could have added a couple things, like, while she's making the sandwich you could like fold her laundry that would be a, that would have been another interesting little thing to add dude
0: with, without a doubt that is someone's deal right yeah without a doubt I, and and it gets it starts to get a little strange once you once you add those elements to it but i think there's probably a tons of ordinary ones um but but i guess okay. rather than get more theoretical we could we could continue to investigate this and then why did it eventually like why did it hang on
1: versus like eventually it disappeared right i here's a, i think an important thing in our discussion here is this is there's an assumption especially if you like would, would if you would just like google search situationship right now there'd be all these like relationship coaches who had wrote some little article in some lame website like here's what a situationship is and i bet you anything 90 percent of them would criticize that situationships are bad and their rationale would be um that that a a true committed relationship is the best but these days people are refusing to commit because of dating apps and there's too many options and people are non-committal and and I, I would bet there there's an assumption in all these articles that situationships are bad and are kind of immature and that people really need to like grow up, get mature, commit and be in long term relationships. I bet you anything yeah. all the articles would say that. And I bet most people who think they're kind of like the mature ones or whatever would sort of believe that that's true. So I, I kind of want to say that to, to put, there's like landmarks in our discussion and that's one important landmark to it. And let me sort of speak to that. Here's why, I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm not saying there's no truth to that, but I think here's this really important thing that they're missing is that um, the, 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 the relationship you're supposed to be in right now is this thing that was invented super recently in human history where you're supposed to combine what marriage was for hundreds of years, which it was like a social, financial, church, religious-based contract that was like kind of created by the church and other sort of capitalistic systems that worked good for like... Uh, furthering, uh, you know, a country's, like, economic well-being. That thing, which was like, it was like an arranged marriage where families would put two young people together because it worked well for, like, the social system. People, people like, 50-ish years ago or 80, 100 years ago thought, oh, we could just take that marriage thing and combine it with this weird thing called falling in love And put those two things together and then it'll be perfect and they're soulmates and they'll live happily ever after. And so that happened and it wasn't, it didn't happen because some brilliant relationship scientific geniuses drew out a bunch of mathematical equations and formulas and decided this is the best way to have a relationship. No, that's not what happened. It's just like it happened super unconsciously and everyone foolishly and naively believed that, oh yeah, That's the thing the soulmates meet and they fall in love and they live happily ever after starting when they're 22. And everyone believes in that thing and they think that's the gold standard and that everyone needs to do that. And anyone who's not doing it is like immature or missing the boat. Okay. So that assumption is super pervasive, but no one realizes that they're making that assumption. And that's the problem with this critique of situationship. Okay, I like your critique. And it still
0: leaves a giant vacancy for what the hell is the next like should we all just be in a situationship? I've been in situationships for 10 years now. Every single one of yeah. my past relationships after I was married have just been one situation after the other, and and I'm I'm refusing to get married again because of the there's there's a couple key parts of the contract that I'm not down with right now, right? What are those? What are those? Specifically, I can't get down with this kind of like ultimately merged financial situation. For some reason that okay. scares me, even if the person I'm getting together with has way more money than me, like more yep. or less or equal. Both, all of them disturb me. Um, and then they-
1: So even if the woman was a billionaire, you wouldn't want to merge finances no. with her? It's like super huh. odd because I I don't want
0: anything that they're going to give me. Like, I, I don't want a house or a Rolex watch or these are the kinds of things that I was offered in the past 10 years. That's right. You had that one girlfriend that would love to give you fancy, expensive A gifts. fucking house. And I was like, no, no, I don't want a house. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, man. But so there's there's a couple of elements. So one of them was financial and another one was just this kind of idea that we would be ultimately merged in a way that would mean it was appropriate to have more kids. And I as I and I was like I don't really know if I if I'm ready for another kid. I already have one kid and that project's going well, I don't really want to fuck that up, right? Like, it was almost like the success of this project with my son made me alarmed that I, like, I didn't want to bring something in that would maybe screw that up, or or I wouldn't do as well on the second one,
1: and... Hold on, explain what you mean by that. Okay, so you have, you have your son, and you're saying that Something about having your current son made you reluctant to want to do it again. Have another kid with another. Yeah, lady. I
0: didn't want to have another kid because I I was afraid of the 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 stories of being pulled away from my arrangement
1: with my kid. So then I like okay. So you so so having a new lady with a new kid, you w- would you'd worry it would mess up your current father son. That dynamic. yeah, I was af- I, I am afraid of that. I yes. I was afraid. I
0: remain afraid of of that but so I don't know if I'm going to wait till he's 18 to have another kid like that's silly so I mean he's already 11 so I might that that ship may have sailed I'm not sure yep. right um and so so those two elements along with there's some kind of general fear of like being united and then and saying to everybody that I know, okay, here's my second wife. You saw what a disaster my first one was but <laughs> look at this one because everybody loved my, everyone loved my first wife, right? In fact, everyone liked my fiancé before my wife and then that didn't work out. Then, then everyone loved my wife um, and that was a total disaster and so then I'm like, oh, here's the third one and I'm just like, I, I could almost see within each new person though. This is why this has gone on for, I think it's like five different women that over the course of 10 years, so every two years roughly, uh, even though I, I've gotten back together with each one a few times, but the the uh, it's just we get to a place where it seems appropriate to get in a relationship. And it, even though they're, Oftentimes we'll get to a place where it's like, okay, you, we're not hooking up with anybody else. We're kind mm-hmm. of monogamous, yeah. but then it we're still not going to move into some other territory. So uh, I guess that's important to point out that the the potential need for flexibility in the new concept of relationship would have to include the realm of I'm. Um, I'm not actually, you you are monogamous, but then you're not willing to get on board with this larger, strange, life-altering commitment thing.
1: Yep. So if I try to summarize what you just said, um, that there's... There's a norm and sort of an accepted norm of what a marriage is or even what just a long term committed relationship is. There's kind of some vaguely agreed upon in our culture sense of this is what a marriage is or this is what a relationship is. And there's a definition to that. And you're basically saying that you're not on board with that definition. You're not going to like jump into that defined container because that's you don't want to do that specific thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I pointed out those three areas. But it, obviously, the more I look at it, I kind of have re- a reaction and a resistance to a lot. It feels kind of prickly in
1: that territory. Like it, it's and what, it's, see if you can put see if you can put your finger on what the prickles are. What are the specific things that are prickly? Well, the, the general sense is that
0: I, it will limit my self-expression. It's it's going to be hmm. ultimately limiting that's the the general fear that I I have right that I will somehow be in some kind of a restricted like almost like an overly parent a parenting that um or or like some bizarre way supervised
1: it's like I, I have that Ah, uh, that if you get married or get in a certain type of commitment then your girlfriend turns into a supervisor <laughs> yeah yeah right and and that's or, I, or into a mom that's like don't do that porn. Yeah, some kind of
0: a strange authority, which then puts me in this, like, I have to escape from authority position. And this is just unique to my own personal twist on things. Yes. And, and, and as you point out, yeah. we each have a, a very unique personality structure. And that this is going yeah. to be expressed in the way that you either, like, because uh, uh, clearly other people are going to have the opposite reaction. Where they ultimately want to have somebody that they can then look after and and be super merged with and and the idea of merging with someone to me is horrendous i'm like i've taken a very long time to consciously individuate from society and and multiple forms of of rule and now to then get involved with someone who's going to be checking up on how, how are you doing which is why i get in these these fights with my various girlfriends where they want me to communicate different. They're like, you uh-huh. need to communicate better. And I'm like, lady, I do this for a fucking living and you don't. And the the complaint fundamentally comes down to, in my case, I'm just not texting them in this most desired way. Yep. And, and so look at how obscure this conversation is, right? Like, one of the things that I find, one of the spikes of this porcupine is that the way I text is not the most desirable, supportive way one could text. Yeah. And it's like, should you think we should then have a, a, a booklet or a memo that goes out and is like, hey, all men between these ages, here's the right way to text. And, then, yep. and okay, in the beginning of a relationship, this is how you text. When you're just trying to like hook up with them, this is how you text. Then when you're you're moving to the next phase, when you want to start to like be somewhat in a committed situation, you text like this. After you've been you've only been seeing each other for a month, now we tr- now we do. Oh, we're gonna meet up to to go to a movie. Well, that morning, I better text you. Hey, babe, can't wait to see you. Oh my god,
1: <laughs> like. the 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 new james and hey babe hey babe can't wait to see you kissy face emoji heart emoji but oh no you forgot to add the heart emoji you only put the kissy face emoji you did it fucking wrong you're a bad boyfriend you are
0: not showing your appropriate level of commitment right (laughs) it's it's funny but it it's
1: really that nuanced and true that it may here's what it makes me think it's totally true is that um as you're saying it like okay so one person's need for x amount of texting or texting in it one way versus another person's need for y amount of texting and texting in a different yep. way people have different needs and that's like one of thousands of variables in a relationship where everyone's going to have a different level of needs of how much texting or how nicely we dress or what, do we go to a restaurant or do we stay home or when we're have sex, who's on top or who's on bottom or how much kissing or which way do you kiss? <laughs> do you put do you use the bottom lip or the top lip <laughs> and how much tongue and is it ever okay to nibble on the lip? <laughs> you know, there's literally millions of subtle little ways in which everyone has different needs, yeah. right? And in, increasingly, as we've gone through time, more and more of us are like, I want this need met and that. We're just kind of all more spoiled or entitled or or picky in our needs. And so we have this complex set of needs and no one fits perfectly. So increasingly, we're like, well, until I find someone to pick to to th- who meets my needs perfectly, which we never will, I'm just going to remain aloof or in a situation ship and I'll just take what I want from this person and take what I want from this person. And it's like, so that's where we're at. <laughs> that's a nice way to wrap it up that that's where we're at. And then how are we supposed to then
0: just be cool with that? Like, like it would be great if we could all just somehow get to where you just arrived in this description and be like, oh yeah, cool. That's why we're here. Right. We all have tons of different variations of needs and then people fulfill them or they don't. And so you're like, and you could have a special um, algorithm, which would not be very hard to put in. It's just like, you can imagine the variables, right? Totally. So let's just say a thousand each. And you just look at how much yep. and you're like 80, 80, 87%, which I think they're yep. trying to do that with these really lame algorithms on the dating dating, dating, apps. dating apps, right? But they're so fucking they're totally. lame because they don't actually somehow... They, they should read your texts and then have like a relational style of your text <laughs> and then overlay it onto the other person's text style.
1: Yeah. And they could even have an app on your phone where you like kiss your phone and it like analyzes your kissing style. And is like, okay, this person is a category 3.26 BL kisser. <laughs>
0: Dude, dude. Okay, seriously, that as it goes forward, this will be the future. It without yeah, it a doubt, the future of the situationship will it I mean which only further compounds the problem of how how much do you accept that we are super different from other people? And the idea yeah. of of grand universal Connectivity uh, is well. It's it's just it never happens, right? Like, except there's that illusion.
1: Yeah. So what you're saying right there, which is maybe the same thing I said a minute ago, which I want to examine. I don't know if I'm totally on board, but you and I are both kind of saying the same thing: is that humans need to recognize and accept that you're not going to get all your needs perfectly met, and just be okay with a life. In which some of your needs don't get met, and your perfect soulmate, ultimate partner that meets all your needs—they're not out there. So deal with it.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think now that you've just made it so clear, I may have to just drop my my ultimate horrendous philosophy on you. As all right, let's uh, hear so it. basically, this comes from just watching couples, and and of course, this is going to be a. I'm going to say the same thing but it's just slightly different coming from years of couples therapy w- watching these guys come through the office and fundamentally end up in in a massive disagreement about things that they never said right so hmm. they're they're profoundly as they observe how different the other one is and that they thought that the, they they got together based on hey we're together and that means we're going to do things in a in a similar way we're going to on a path that goes together the path is we go together but then when they start to to realize that to to be together and go forward in our personal evolution together well it's extremely complicated and so then as we move forward the the inevitable realization that the person you're with is not who you thought they were They you will find out there's aspects to them that you don't like that they don't match with what you aspire to be you fundamentally spend a lot of time convincing yourself i'm a person who fits within these values and that's that's how i operate in this world and then you find out that the person you're with is not the same and in in absolutely is operating on a different code. And and that realization is so startling. And so um I, I am saying the same thing. I'm just pointing out that I believe it's inevitable that you will come to this this observation that you are not going in the same direction as that person. And that we're gonna have to learn that that's also the future of what it means to be in a relationship is that you don't go the same place you 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 yep. may live in different houses eventually you may have different friends you might have completely different interests and yep, you you it might take more work as time goes on compared to everyone thinks oh the more you're together the less you have to work yep
1: do you see where i'm going with that Totally. Absolutely. And one implication of what you're saying, which I agree with, is that um, what we were saying previously is like in a situationship, you're kind of in this state of like accepting that you're not getting all your needs met. And what you're saying is that in a marriage or a long term relationships, you also will inevitably confront the fact that you're not getting all your needs met. Either way, life is going to hand you. Sorry, buddy, you do not get all your needs met. Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: That, I guess that kind of leaves us in a place where it's like, man, what are we supposed to do then? Cause I guess you're okay. Not being like, at some point you come to terms with the fact that you didn't become a professional athlete. If if that was something that you thought, oh man, I'm pretty, people said you were really good at sports. You could be pro or you're not going to be a comedian, even though you say funny shit. And it's like oh yeah. you know you eventually come to terms with ah whatever like i guess that i'm not going to be that uh, right and at some point how are you supposed to tell yourself that hey you know you don't find true love in this life that thing that they said yeah. right but and you see how depressing it is just to say that like you yeah. don't you're not going to find true love and it's like oh fuck well that sounds really bad it doesn't sound like something i even want to sign on in some cases You might actually become horrendously depressed if if you told young people, hey, by the way, sorry, this shit isn't in the cards for you. Like
1: (laughs) totally. Yeah, it's I I didn't realize it until you said that, but yeah, the belief in true love is it's like a religious dogma in American culture that everyone has to believe in and no one wants to question that thing. It's it's not not only America. In India, there's this whole like belief that if
0: you have a love marriage instead of an arranged marriage, right? So yeah. it, rather than have your parents and the community pick out who you marry, if you fall in love with someone and you get married because you fell in love, oh, that's like the ultimate recipe for you have a life that's worth living right and Mm -hmm. can you imagine how fucked that design is when when the people you end up with someone and they're just like oh my god what a brutal hag i've i I fell in love with (laughs) (laughs) right it's it's just some like it turns out they're a fat farting disgusting and and really mean and controlling psycho you're like what is this Where's the person that I fell in love with? you know? I, I guess right and that and that
1: happens to kind of nearly everyone <laughs> yeah, it it does and that it when you when you brought up India and the what what you said kind of surprised me because what you said was that... There's a new cultural movement afoot in India where these people believe that the love marriage is really the way and the path towards happiness and glory, which is so funny because I'm assuming that all of the elders in India think the love marriage is a horrible idea and that the arranged marriage is the only proper way to do it. And why do those elders think that? Well, they must assume that the love marriage is... Uh, doomed for failure, right? And why do they think that? Well, it's it's not just because they're idiots. It's because they maybe have some level of wisdom. So there's this kind of interesting tension between the arranged marriage proponents and the love marriage romantic believers. And um, I don't know. Why, why don't the love marriage people like stop and think, hmm, is there any wisdom to the arranged marriage situation? But yeah,
0: well, because obviously the pair bonding thing, the part that we're missing is we're, we're, we're mostly just focused on the individual's like autonomy and their development. But the, the side effect of, of having sex with somebody is the offspring, right? And so that the arranged marriage is fundamentally a contract between families so that you produce, you produce couples that can actually take care of the offspring. Right? It's it's kind of yeah. like a financially desirable equation instead of like you fall in love with somebody who is an alcoholic or has a history of being, a, you know, they're not going to become anything in society. And so it's kind of like this strange obsession with, with, with a becoming in the world um, or an obsession with conservative approach towards becoming in the world. Whereas here in America we have a, a strange obsession that we're all going to become somehow stars and we're we're going to make it in some way like i keep hearing these people talk about how they missed the boat on crypto right they're like oh man i fucking missed the boat on investing early and i'm like well how many investments do you have none well like what <laughs> what do you what do you know about like investing in new technologies nothing well like <laughs> how many how many how many previous um incarnations of technology did you buy into well none but like you know the <laughs> e- but everybody everybody who did everybody who did fucking look at them now and I'm like
1: And you're like, okay, so you missed the boat on crypto and you missed every other boat too. And you're going to miss every boat in the future too. Okay, so I I see the trend here. I see the fucking trend. And it's like,
0: because look, if, because that's like, that's literally like saying, oh my God, I missed the boat on becoming a programmer and then starting a company like Google and then becoming like, yeah, you did miss that fucking boat. Like you really did because... You yeah. didn't do that. But so. But for some reason, people think that they just like any ordinary person should somehow have known that they should have invested in Bitcoin. Like, dude, you're not up on any of this shit. You have no connection yeah. with the world until 10 years later, you hear about Bitcoin and some dumbass who had shit on a hard drive that's in a dump. Like... You heard about this 10 years after, and you're like, you miss, oh, I missed the boat on it. And it's like, no shit. You also didn't make the first <laughs> Italian fucking luxury car because you had a tractor company. Like, you missed that boat too, and so you don't have Lamborghini. That's not your fucking company, bro.
1: Yeah. Well, that's just, that's like an American cultural obsession is... The boat that would take me to paradise. And darn, I just barely missed that boat that took me to paradise. But I'm going to keep my eye out and I'll get the next one.
0: That's what we're thinking (laughs) about relationships. That's why there's this, we have to stay in this vague situation because randomly I'll be walking down the street and this supermodel is going to notice me and she's going to be like, hey, uh, how are you doing? Can... Maybe I could get in a relationship with you. And if it's me, then I'm going to be like, wait a second, dude, if you're going to try to give me a house, and if you're going to try to like have a gorgeous child with me, like, no way. Fuck
1: that. You got the wrong guy. (laughs) I'm going to be like, don't push that shit on me, woman.
0: (laughs) Yes, at least someone understands, right? (laughs) I'm glad to hear. That it took another psychologist, also wearing a black sweater, to finally understand the complexity of this. I yeah.
1: I see that, man. Wow. <clears throat> okay. the The other thing you 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 kind of mentioned this thing, which let's get back to because we haven't really adequately touched on it. Um, use this term, pair bonding. So the here's the here's the problem with situationships is. We humans have this really deep, powerful, intense and oftentimes all-consuming drive towards pair bonding. And that word at that term is kind of interesting. It's sort of like I think it's loaded and charged and there's a lot of assumptions and I'm, I'm gonna, I want to try to like psychoanalyze it a little bit. I think that when 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 I fall in love, I like see, I like meet and get to know this new woman who just seems so wonderful and I want to pair bond with her. And I think it's the like old little juvenile emotional longings in me thinks that, oh, now I've found the person. And if I'm with her, I'll feel so good and so connected. That level of psychology which I sometimes use the term attachment needs to describe that. Oh realm. yeah. Okay. It's, this, it's these little, it's just like this little kid in me and in all of us that wants to feel safe and loved and feel like a good boy and feel like now I finally have a person who loves me and will be together and be so great. That realm And that's one of the many relationship needs. There's all these different needs we've been talking about. And that's one of them. And I kind of think that's maybe the most powerful. I think that's maybe more powerful than sex. Maybe more powerful than uh, uh, financial security or stability. Um, And it's so powerful. And I I think it's in there. I think it's in pretty much all of us. Maybe not everyone, but the vast majority of people have it. And it drives us intensely. And when we when two people start getting close or or when two people have sex there's hor- there's hormones and neurotransmitters like oxytocin that start to make us slip into opening up that desire for pair bonding with a person yeah. and when it opens up the 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 impulse to start merging and being in love and having them be your person is just super powerful and when you're in that you want a commitment and you want exclusivity and you'll start getting jealousy. And so that realm of human relationship needs is just a big powerful one that has to be reckoned with. What are you saying
0: this, like, like okay, now that you pointed this out, right? You point out that, okay, this is like a deep psychological drive that then turns into this like hormonal experience. And what are we supposed to do with that? Like.
1: Well, I just think that that thing makes this whole game of relationships really fucking difficult. Because that thing makes us want to find our soulmate. That thing makes us think we have found our soulmate. That drives us to believe in soulmates. And that drives us to want to make the other person commit. That drives us to want to get married. And I think it floods our brain with all these... Uh, chemicals and we start to believe in true love and marriage and it's just like a it's a it's a black hole i don't want to use the term black hole because it has a negative connotation but it's a black hole in in the sense that the gravitational pull to suck us in and to like change our mind is so powerful